Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime colon Beast Hunters podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Today we have a thesis about synthesis. Wait, why are those words pronounced different when they're spelled the same? <laughs> because English <laughs> is terrible. English is the worst. English is horrible. It's the worst and yet also the best. Yes. Or also it could just be my Jersey accent that throws me off every once in a while. Also possible. Sometimes I try to spell things the way they I say them and they are not the way I say them. I am definitely glad to be a native English speaker because it's a language that increasingly oh, yeah. other cultures are having to learn and it seems like it is a huge pain in the ass. I mean, it's a huge pain in the ass for native speakers. Yes. There's no vowel consistency. There's no word structure consistency. No. There's only accidental consistency. Like, oh, what was the... When you're adding adjectives to a word, there, there's like a, an order that you don't know you know. Yes. But that exists, and it sounds wrong if you do it. Like, color and size and shit. There's a mm -hmm. word. I forget what Oh, it my is. God. And, yeah, it's just That's subconscious if you learned it. But if if you're learning it, like, secondarily, then you don't know. <laughs> Language is scary. <laughs> So yes, this uh, episode first aired July 19th, 2013, written by Transformers Prime veteran Marsha Griffin, who uh, most recently wrote uh, Crazy Zombie Vampire episode Thirst. Ooh, I liked Crazy Zombie Vampire episode. That was a great episode. And this is the penultimate episode of Transformers Prime. Yay! I think it's appropriate that, that she wrote this one, too, because we have some more of, like... Blatant disregard for the scientific method going on here. Also, That's right. some respect for the scientific method. Mostly, yeah. mostly disregard for it. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're outside the Autobot base. They launch, uh, Chip, the probe that contains a chunk of laser beak and that is headed towards the Decepticon ship. So Megatron, or so Optimus, who can now fly, of course, takes off in pursuit of it. He's so chonk. How can he fly? He's a flying brick. And he's so, like, fast and maneuverable. I don't... He's well, too chonk. Yeah, he he flies exactly how a brick shouldn't. <laughs> he's got a Vogon design. I guess. I mean, really, if there's one Autobot who uh, should who should be the one who flies in defiance of the laws of nature, it really should be Bumblebee. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he's a bumblebee. Exactly. <laughs> that, he's wait, that's a chubby and he shouldn't I'm, work. That's actually not true. Has any? Well, no, I know it, it, it's a well-known scientific fake fact. Uh huh. But um, has there actually been a bumblebee that flew in Transformers? Uh, Classics uh, had that jetpack. And uh, um. I guess it was a joke. Animated Bumblebee had those, uh, like, flight pods. Yeah. Well, th that was just to go faster. He only used them to fly, I think, once. Yes. Um, apart from that, though, that, yeah, he, he generally does not fly, despite being named Bumblebee. Yeah. Well, that's weird. You'd think that would happen, like, every once in a while. Oh, and when it's he... It's also especially weird, since his original G1 tech spec was supposed to be... He was good at underwater stuff. But I'll tell you, um, bumblebees do not do well underwater. 
<laughs> oh, and his his action his uh, his action master had that uh, helipack. Yes. Oh. Uh. Anyway, so uh, so once again, no title sequence. Denied the rise of the drum machines. Alas. Alas. Well, we gotta fit more, you know, actual plot in here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, uh, Ratchet and Shockwave are kind of bonding over being weird science nerds. Yes. Again, now we have some respect for the scientific method. Yes. And unfortunately, due to all this, Knockout has been reduced to the role of Gopher. Yes, and he's, well, I mean, he's, God, he's not very useful because he, first he just declares about how they had the auto, they let the Autobots destroy the Predacons. Yes. Which becomes a plot thing. And then he's just like, I mean, it is kind of funny because again, as we established in Thirst, Knockout just doesn't actually know how science works. He just does things. He just yeah, he's does things by his whims and and they work or they do not work and you know Ratchet's talking to Shockwave about doing like double blind tests and and everything and Shockwave is like yes yes I did the science correctly and and so yeah so poor Knockout is is Knockout's rolling his eyes about that he is a lackey oh, now scientific method he's. He's de- demoted to lab assistant, and yeah, he becomes a gopher as this episode goes along, and he's um, bitching a lot. Oh, oh yeah, probably a better, less a gendered term for that, but he's bitching, <laughs> whining. We'll say kvetching. Yes, yes, he's whining. it's not the the pitch of whining. Well, kvetching is is that that unless you're Yiddish, I, that that's maybe not good either. <laughs> I think we can use kvetching. Then again, I say schmuck a lot because uh, yeah. yeah, I think we can get away with it here. They're around a lot of Jewish people, so they've gotten stuck in. And uh, meanwhile, all the time, Ratchet is mixing up jars of pee. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> nice God, the color. bright, his nice bright green synthetic energon has become that like this really unpleasant pea color. It's very pea color. Yes. I mean, maybe color you could say that it's supposed to be gold, but it's pea colored. Yeah. It's it's urine. It, I mean, I can understand, kind of understand color wise why they went with yellow because the Decept- the place is like gray. The Decepticons are a lot of purple and red. But So going with yellow kind of makes sense because they wanted to differentiate it from the green, but it just looks like piss. Every stinking yes. time you see it, it's a bad yeah. choice. I mean, it's, like it's maybe if it just glowed or something, it, it's. Uh, I mean, I guess that we've already seen a lot of other colors for different fluids, and they haven't had a yellow one yet. It's also very viscous, which is just unpleasant. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not kind of great. weird. It, it just 
it gives me, unfortunately or possibly fortunately, flashbacks to the first few episodes of um, Dominion Tank Police, where cat girls are st- trying to steal piss from a hospital because reasons. <laughs> I forget because the exact reasons was... why, but that's like the plot of the first two episodes. Because that was someone's kink. Ew. <laughs> possibly? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more happy with the kink where they get make the cat girls dress up as nurses and then they have a strip routine and then they proceed to shoot the police, which yeah. is a fun scene. But uh, yeah, piss. Why? Anyway, Megatron, this this urine is much too viscous. Your men need to stay hydrated. Yes, <laughs> it's not good. It's really not. This has just got a this has got a really stink coming out. Yeah. Oh, is Hydrobot yeah. a transformer? So we we cut back to the Autobots. They're still Optimus Prime, still following this thing. Uh, Jack is wondering, you know, what happens when the Decepticons figure out, and you know, we're kind of going to hope that Prime sees the Decepticon ship before that happens. Otherwise, um, yikes. Yeah, he's not very, uh, he's also not stealthy. He's neither aerodynamic nor stealthy, and you would uh, think no. that the jet output required to keep his chunk aloft <laughs> would require sufficient noise, but but no, it's fine. It's he's got fine. like six thrusters on his back of varying sizes. Yeah. Pushing him along. Apparently well, it's he's fine. Slight, he's slightly aided by the fact that it's heavy, overcast, and there's thunder. Big clouds. But that also means it's harder for him to find the ship he's looking for, because he can't see anything either. Yeah. It's yeah. a wonder he can follow Chip. Yeah. Yes. So, Knockout, once again, doing some kvetching. He has to get some stuff out of a... He gets, has to get some more jars of pee out of a uh, out of a cabinet. He actually knocks one over while he's doing so, and that blocks the, the sliding door of this cabinet. And so Ratchet extremely unsubtly tries to get over there and sneak this extra canister of CNA while Knockout does an excellent job of totally not noticing because he kind of doesn't care at this point. Yeah, he's kind of just pissy. He's being pissy. It's a weird scene that kind of goes on for too long without actually... It does go on for too long. It should have been more of a gag... If they were going to play it the way they did, but they're, it's played straight that this glass bottle somehow gets stuck in a big metal door and doesn't crack under the pressure. It just sits there. Or the door just no, it's, doesn't it's, come back up when it hits the thing like a proper garage door should, which this is the size of a garage door. Yeah. It, it's it's like that garage door that uh, kills Rose McGowan in Scream. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it, it just goes on and on and on, and somehow he manages to pull it out of the door without making a huge screeching noise as glass goes across metal. <laughs> and he doesn't, and it isn't like he's trying to pull the door up while pulling it out. It's just he's trying to pull the glass jar out. And anyway, he does it, and and then knockouts like, "What was going on behind my back? Here's the thing you asked for." And then Ratchet says, "Thank you." And the knockouts like. Quiet for a second and surprised it's like Oh oh no, wait, no. Um how does it go? Fuck. I forget the order. No. 
So he he does say thank you to to Knockout, and uh, it's clear that nobody, literally nobody, has ever said thank you to Knockout. Right, he says you're welcome. Maybe this is where we start leading into to what happens in Beast Hunters, the movie. Yeah, because I mean, for the Decepticons, thank you is not getting murdered. Anyway, so at this point, indeed, the Decepticons do figure out that, oh yeah, uh, Laserbeak Signal is being, is, you know, we picked up Laserbeak Signal inside the ship, but Laserbeak is also currently inside Soundwave's torso. <laughs> he's right there. <laughs> yep, he's in my torso. <laughs> and so Megatron figures out that, A, not only are the Autobots messing with them, but the complexity of this messing with them means that Starscream didn't blow up their base. <laughs> yes, because for them to have the resources to do what they seem to be doing, they would have to have a base. Good job. Yeah. So, Starscream, it's his job to go fix it. Yep, and this is where we get Prime being super maneuverable, just flying around, flying from all those jet vehicles and... Zooming and avoiding it's laser like, fire and I guess like, I guess he has four wings, but he doesn't have like tail fits. Like, how does he maneuver so well? He's a big cube with arms and legs. He's so chunk. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a big big unit. He's an absolute unit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Flying through the air. He coming. Okay, sorry. Oh, Lord, he coming. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Meanwhile, Ratchet has successfully. He's made the synth end, but he is already having second thoughts because he knows he can't actually let Megatron have this, no matter how much he wants Cybertron back. Yeah. So he just chucks, uh, so he, he deletes the formula, he chucks a piece of equipment into like a centrifuge, causes an explosion, says, whoa, hey, the, the, well, the formula's unstable. Well, yeah. They're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the formula's unstable. That's the point. Yep. And so Knockout is obviously not going to do this himself, so he calls in some vehicles to help, and then Ratchet just books it out of there. <laughs> yep. The oh, the yeah, prisoner is... has now escaped. He's used his alt mode again for, like, the fourth time in the entire series. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's at this point that Starscream goes out, dogfights with Optimus Prime at one point. I believe, is it Starscream who says, how dare you continue to live? Yes! <laughs> yes, oh. that's such a good line. That sounds like one of those lines that would be like the second part of one of those Twitter memes. That's like, you know, <laughs> saying I'm single. It's boring. Saying my line ends with me sounds dramatic. <laughs> sounds like how dare you continue to live should be like the second part of one of those Twitter memes. I, I was just going to say it sounds like a uh, sounds like a quote from the monarch who kind of has <laughs> Starscream's build. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Avenger, how dare you continue to live? And the wings. Oh, damn it. Now I want that Starscream mold redecoed as the monarch. That'd be great. <laughs> well, pay somebody. I'm sure you could pay somebody to do that custom. 
Well, also, he'd need a little crown and something. Yeah. Wait, what, who who would be the Dr. Mrs. the Monarch to him? Then? I think... Knockout? Uh, I mean, kind of Knockout, but also Knockout doesn't really have the voice. No. I mean, I don't think there are any <laughs> well, no, female no. Transformers who are blatantly voiced by men. <laughs> no. Uh, well, there's That's... been a few that have changed gender between continuities. They just kept the name reused. Well, yes. It's a very specific joke. Yes. And there's been a reverse where now a- Acid Storm is a woman. Well, Acid Storm goes back and forth. Well, the bo- the model yes. goes back and forth, but the voice has been consistently female. Hasn't it, I think? I thought I read that on the wiki. I haven't, seen, the I haven't seen her in any episodes. Because I haven't watched that show. I know the last episode I saw with Acid Storm, they had a female voice, so... Also, I think the female model, but yes. I mean, I think the confusion may have been in episodes where Acid Storm did not have speaking lines. They just used a male model because they didn't realize that, you know. And then the writers were like, you know what? Canon gender fluid. But, but, but why, but why male models? Oh. Oh. Acid Storm does not conform to your gender norms. Yeah. Sometimes they want to wear lipstick, and sometimes they don't. But presumably, the voice would only be, like, maybe just modulated slightly in the realm of what a person can normally do as a voice. So... So Ratchet is, you know, he avoids Knockout and uh, the Viacons pretty quickly, uh, but then Megatron just stomps on him in ambulance mode. Yes. <laughs> and guy. it looks like this is going to go like so many Ratchet-Megatron interactions prior to this, mostly in the Marvel comics. Yeah, mostly with not coming out well for Ratchet. Uh, no, like, your best case scenario is basically getting fused into a horrible abomination. Yes. Well, the because at least he... then you live, even though you probably want to die. Yeah, actually, I guess the first, first time Megatron got, like, brain damage and was used to rob a bunch of banks. Yeah, yeah, kind of blew him up and messed him up, well. although. That was also with the help of uh, Dinobots. Which, yes. Uh, again, no, that no, would have been nice to have some Predacons assisting. Like Ratchet lets out a couple of Predacons to cause havoc. It's like, did uh, st- uh, Shockwave destroy all his experiments? Uh, uh, yes, he did. That's a shame. Alas. Anyway, so you know, Ratchet's all, hey, you know, Megatron, you kill me, you're never going to get your stupid formula. Yeah. And Megatron, oh, uh, yeah, no, actually, we've been looking through your notes, and I'm pretty sure we are going to get your stupid formula. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Starscream blows up the drone. Alas, poor Chip, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> womp womp. And so Optimus does not find the ship. No. And also, at this point, Ratchet also loses that stolen jar that he got. So that whole five minutes of non-physical comedy amounted to nothing. You know what we yeah. could have had instead of that? We could have had the titles. Yes. It could have had the opening yeah. theme. Uh, oh well. So Megatron's all well, you know, uh, we got your formula. 
Um, you know, Shockwave's going to start making more of it with our advanced Decepticon technology. So, uh, time to feed you to the Predacons. So, well, Predacon. Predacon. The Predacon. Which is kind yes. of the problem. Yes. So, Predaking just kicks the crap out of, uh, Ratchet. And he's, he's about to land the killing blow. And Ratchet's all, all right, well, you know, listen, you know, we, you probably deserved kill me, but hey, you can't end with me because guess who let your entire race be wiped out? Surprise, it was Megatron. Yes. He's, Predaking is very willing to believe this, but I suppose at least Ratchet is not doing it in the form of pleading for his life, so maybe that helps. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and specifically Ratchet is saying, hey, listen, you know, you're, you're not the, some dumb animal, so why don't you think this through? Yeah. You know, Megatron. It's not Starscream being like, ah, not in the face. Yes. Yeah, listen, Megatron doesn't want you around. He's afraid of your power. So obviously he would have let us destroy your people. And Predaking is like, yeah, that makes sense. And then he just goes on a killing rampage. Yay, <laughs> dragon! We are running out of Viacons. Yeah. Yeah. They were already running out of Viacons. That was part of the problem. Now they're extra running out of Viacons. So so Ratchet makes it to the uh, communications room, radios uh, the Autobots, and shuts down the uh, the cloaking device. So it uh, it lets uh lets the Autobots lock on, and so they they're gearing up. They're they're locked and loaded for bear. Also for Predacons. Also for Predacons, or a Predacon. Yes. Predacon bears? Maybe. You don't know what Megatron's got on there. There is an Ursa Griff. I think that's part bear. I mean, presumably with the name Ursa Griff. Yeah. And so they, uh, and the, the humans kind of figure that, uh, like, the, boy, we might not see him again. So they, they, they yeah. ground bridge in, and meanwhile, uh, Megatron is gonna, you know, he has had it up to here with this, uh, this Predacon who is getting real ahead of himself, even though there's only one of him, probably because his name is kind of in the title. Yes. <laughs> he's the, he's the titular beast that they are hunting. Yes. I mean, it does, the whole dramatic walk-off with the Autobots felt a little like, oh crap, that's right, this is the penultimate episode, we yes. have to up the stakes some, because then, yeah, the kids are like, oh, that's right, this could be, like, how is this any more the big climactic battle than any other sortie with the Decepticons? I mean, I but guess this I... really is their first time doing, like, an all-out assault on the Decepticon base. Yeah, that's fair. Just like boarding the nemesis, so okay. It's slightly less than combating the giant space devil that lives inside the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's their problem, is they kind of blew their load in season one, so now they're just trying their best. Yes. Uh, so, speaking of trying their best, Megatron sends Knockout off to get the Dark Star Saber. Ah, oh, <laughs> it's such a bad name. Yeah. But Predaking does not actually care about that. And doesn't wait for him. And again, Megatron is being very honest today. Yes. Oh, and I'll, I briefly forgot, I forgot, 
before this, we have a brief interlude with Knockout and Starscream where Knockout oh, is, yeah. uh, is, or where Starscream is gleeful at the imminent extinction of humanity, but, uh, Knockout is, uh, you know, I will say they manufacture some fine looking automobiles. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Starscream and Star just Screams gives him this gives... disgusted what? look. That's really good. I love that. Oh, and oh, knockout. Also, we, we have yet another Optimus Prime speech. Do, 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 oh, well, well, we're, well, we're doing the big gearing up. Do, do, oh, yeah, I guess there was a speech. Do, do. So, so anybody who is drinking along with that, to have a drink. Do, 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 do. Uh, it's been so long since a Prime speech, I don't it remember has what been the long. count was. Yeah. I, we haven't had one this season, have we? No. I don't oh, know wait, that we I, have. I found one. No. It's been a short season. Last one I found was number 13. So, and he was dead for a lot of Yeah, that was last season. Yeah, I guess so this is number 14. Oh. So, anyway, uh, Predaking goes full ham on Megatron. He is at one point beating him with a dead Viacon. And they're just parts <laughs> flying off this Viacon. It's great. Yes. Yeah. Poor Viacons. They're so violent. <laughs> And yeah, Megatron is all, oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I did exterminate your whole race, and my only mistake was not also killing you, because you suck. Yay! Of course, he, it's he almost gets murdered. Pretty here. dramatic. Yes. And, but Starscream chooses this time to fire a missile at Predaking, which gives Megatron the chance to distract him and push him into the airlock, and just open it up and send him hurtling out into the atmosphere. And I think everybody forgot here uh, that Predaking can fly. <laughs> I mean, yes. He yeah. turns into a dragon. He's, he's got big wings. The flying kind of dragon. Not yeah. like one of those other kinds of dragons that don't fly. We have established that he can fly. So I guess yeah. it's just a matter of him being able to get his bearings and transform and get some momentum to catch himself before he hits the ground, which seems reasonable. And also, the way he flies out of this Predacon or Decepticon ship is very Transformers the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if it's a deliberate homage, but the framing of the shot reminded me of that. Hmm. And yeah, they aren't even in space. They're in the atmosphere. I mean, they're kind of in low earth orbit at this point because when yeah. they go out and, oh, and we yeah. see the like I said the orbital omega lock uh, it, it does look like they're on the edge of the atmosphere so hmm. I mean at that point he's I mean again he he's a dragon he breathes fire so atmospheric re-entry is probably not a huge problem he's probably in better shape falling from this distance it's like a cat how they aren't quite as good at falling from, like, shorter heights. They need that time to turn themselves around. So I feel like if they had pushed him out of the ship, like, closer to the ground, it would be a big problem than it would be from up here. So anyway, the moral of the story is Predaking is fine. Come on. Yes. I mean, spoilers. After this last episode, we are going to watch the Transformers Prime movie, Predacons Rising. Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, it could be other Predacons rising without him. Well, I suppose yeah. this is true. There are actually multiple Predacons in that. Yeah. But also him. <gasps> My goodness, they could afford to make more models. 
And and at this point, you know, they seal off uh, the the airlock, and it is just now that Knockout gets there with the Dark Star Saber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor guy. Too he's, little, too late. He's so put upon in this episode, and partly it's his own fault, yeah. because he's the one who thought he was going to do science, but actually he's not interested in actually doing science. He's like... <laughs> He's like one of those people who's just like science and then doesn't know how to actually do anything. So what I mean is he's like a role play character who is a scientist in quotes. And, you know, because it's role play, the person playing him is like, I don't know, some rando who doesn't actually understand how science actually works. Yeah, as as far as uh, science goes, he's somewhere between Bill Nye and... Thomas Dolby, singer of She Blinded Me With Science. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, actually, no, I think we're, I, actually, uh, Knockout might be more of a Beekman. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Which I believe makes Starscream his giant, a guy in a giant rat costume. Yes. Oh, that was that show. Absolutely. Uh, Beekman's world. I, I think Soundwave might be his lovely assistant. Yes. I don't remember anybody uh, other than the rat. I oh, think they're, they're... he imagines that Starscream is his lovely assistant. Well, certainly since uh, since Breakdown died. Yes. I Breakdown was clearly... Oh, yeah, the... Breakdown was definitely the giant rat. Yeah. Yeah. Plus there was other people <laughs> on the show. But yeah. no, there was, uh, there was... There's Beekman, there was a guy in a giant rat costume, and then there was like a different pretty lady every sci- every season. Yeah. Okay. I think Beekman kept like accidentally killing them in uh, baking soda volcano accidents. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't know. My dad was what? really into that show. Why is this starting to sound like a spinoff of the first few seasons of Mystery Science Theater 3000 now? Actually, he... my my adult father, I say mockingly, as though I am not a 40-year-old person doing a Transformers podcast. Oh. I do, I actually, I do think that Beekman had like a green lab coat in the exact same shade as Dr. Clayton Forrester's. Mm. Yeah, that is true. Man, maybe he, maybe those, uh, pretty lady assistants just kept getting shot into space to watch bad movies. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh god, it is the same shade of green. Wow. Oh. <laughs> kind of the same haircut, too. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so Autobots are besieging the base. And the rat kind of looks like uh, Kevin. That's weird. Anyway. Anyway, Autobots are besieging the ship, and Megatron has decided to be extremely dramatic today. Because he says, if Optimus Prime wishes to wage a battle for the fate of both Earth and Cybertron, then I shall oblige him. This will be our last stand. (laughs) Yes, everybody's feeling very dramatic today. That's right. It is finale time. Next time on the Stasis Pod and on Transformers Prime. Oh man! I mean, this one's oh. a lot of setup. I it it spends way too much time on Ratchet mucking around with that jar that comes to nothing. It would be one thing if that was like how he escaped. I mean, it yeah. was kind of how he escaped, but not really. Not really. No, he could have like done a, something else. It was like an afterthought. He could have yeah. kicked something over. But I, I do love a Ratchet last stand against Megatron. Got some robot yes. vehicle interactions, which we don't see a lot of. Yeah, we got to see Ratchet's vehicle mode, which we don't see a lot of. And we also got to see a dragon beat the hell out of him. 
Yeah. Hmm. So good. All of it. Good stuff. Good stuff all around. Yes. I, I mean, that. except for the pacing. Yes. We, well, we, I, we really missed the credits for this. Yeah. Yes. It's like the, like the, the, the lab science stuff is great. The fights are okay, but like I, I only have six notes for this episode. That's the least ever, although, and four of them relate to knockout. <laughs> I mean, well, knockout I was would appreciate it. Distracted this week, but he was the only thing I was really paying attention to. He is the most important part. Yes. He would he would tell you that he is the most important part. But uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it well enough and uh it's clearly setting things up for next week, which is when we will rejoin you, uh dear listener. Yes. Assuming convention scheduling and and work scheduling and stuff don't throw us off again, but fingers yeah. crossed. Well, I can guarantee you that Canada won't have another Thanksgiving in the next week. Okay, good. I I cannot guarantee you that there will not be another Transformers convention in the next week. Yeah, this will, this will come that out I will, after. I will. I may have another series of overnight shifts, which I spend just sitting there in the command center watching the old Lensman anime series that someone ripped off some Betamax tapes and fan subbed. And that, that that can never be like an official release of that, right? Isn't there some sort of copyright thing? Oh, absolutely. No, it's it's, it's a, that's a, it's not even like a passive nightmare? rights thing. Like Megas XLR or ExoSquad are more of a passive rights problem. This is an active rights problem. This like, is yeah. the yeah the the estate. So if you're familiar with the series at all, uh, brief digression. Uh, since we're running <laughs> relatively short. Uh, so it's based on a series of old, old pulp sci-fi novels, uh, by E.E. E. Doc Smith, uh, an American series. Uh, the rights for the anime were actually not sold by him. They were sold by his Japanese publisher. Uh, yeah. so the publisher who was translating the novels, uh, he was not aware of it. And, uh, well, no, he was, when he, he found was dead out, by it that was, point. It, it was his family. Well, I thought like, he was. I th- I'm pretty sure he was dead because I, from remembering the stories right that I've heard vaguely a few times, like he was. I think he was dead by the time, and his estate got like his wife. Oh family wow! Got, okay, yeah. Like, I they I got thought... like tapes of the show just showed up one day. It's like we didn't license this. Well, it was licensed in Japan. We didn't do that. Why is that? And it kind of arrived at a time like you are we were absolutely to hash correct out. because. I looked it up and he died in 1965, uh, oh, which wow. for some reason I thought he had passed away at some point in the, Indeed. like he was still alive when this was all going no, no. on, but had since passed away. But okay. So yeah, this is all just his estate. And it showed up there and like it showed up at a time when like they were trying to make a movie based upon this stuff because Star Wars and bullshit. Star Wars. Now, let's let's and take a moment and be and honest. Just... It would have been terrible. <laughs> oh, kind of. Yeah, it probably at the time it would have been fucking American horrible. American sci-fi movie made based on these in the eighties would have been terrible. It would have <laughs> been abysmal. It would have been interesting, but it would have been abysmal. Like the anime is kind of the best you could get out of it at the time because it just threw out half the shit, took the characters, and had fun with it. 
to sell toys. And because being, they didn't have to worry about special effects because this is sort yeah. of like why Ooh. anime was space opera in the 80s was because that was a medium where you could do that sort of story without having to worry about a special effects budget. That's why oh, the, anime I, I is so good I can wrap this back around to being relevant to this, sort of. That was <gasps> one of, if not possibly, the very first show to use CG in it. Ooh. Yes. Very little. It was wireframe. It kind of looked like crap, but it was there. <laughs> yes. It, it had a little bit of CG in 1984, 85. Uh, it's, and it, honestly, the series itself wasn't that great. Uh, no. the movie is pretty fun. There's a dub of the oh, movie yeah. that most There's people familiar with movie, it, actually. uh, would know from Sci-Fi Channel in the 90s. Isn't it the same voice cast though? Yeah, well, um, b- because you made a tweet and Mike Tool replied to you. Yes, it's the same voice yes. cast. They just redubbed it like, one of them is a little bit more goofier. I think the goofy one is like the foreign Australian dub or something. Uh-huh. Like the, the dub most people have seen is the, I think that was the longer one and the better dub. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought that it was related to Harmony Gold because Carl Masick was one of the producers on it. Uh, Which, but it's also notable to Transformers fans, uh, because there is a, a big huggable bear man named Van Buskirk, uh, who is voiced by Michael McConaughey, uh, who is Trax and Cosmos in G1. So he's the best character. <laughs> he's so yeah. good. He's just really dumb, but also large and huggable. Uh, so. <laughs> But yeah, so so that was the sort so of thing I, I got out. to do on my overnight Ever. shifts that interfered with with our scheduling. So yeah, that it is aggressively never coming out because basically the estate of the original creator has a serious grudge against it existing. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just a passive rights issue like some of the stuff. It's it's an active rights issue. Yeah, so, so yeah. it would. Ha- the only possibility of it ever coming out would be like when the the estate writes the, the license for the family to have or to make anything based upon it. So that won't happen for like another thirty or forty years, if that. And by that, like I'm not even sure the tapes original tapes exist anymore at all. Yeah, so basically, even by the time at it happens, this point, yeah. it would just have to go public domain. It yeah. would have to wait it out for public domain. I have a VHS copy of the movie, of the dub, the American release of the movie, which is one of four VHS tapes that have survived my, my <laughs> last move, uh, because of rights stuff like this. Uh, but yes, also some people got a hold of, like, seriously, some of them are like Betamax rips. Uh, and did yeah, a fan of sub of it, and there are ten episodes out there. Uh, I maintain a torrent of it. I keep that up <laughs> in seating, uh, along with a uh, a rip of Headmasters that has the English dub track, because <laughs> that is extremely because important. <laughs> and a a recent fan sub of Beast Wars Neo. So Ooh, if you need yeah. any of those, I, I'm seeding that for you. Yeah, Lost Media is such an interesting little corner of of the animation world. It's really interesting. All right. So uh, until next time, you can find us all over the Internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. 
Yes, we are hosted by iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to host, help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, we've done a whole lot of movies and some anime stuff, lots of kimono friends. Uh, yeah. for this month for spooky Halloween, uh, I, I have convinced people to, to watch, uh, the delightful Luke Evans be Dracula with, uh, in Dracula Untold. A movie that I do not shut up about for no good reason. I mean, some good reasons, which we will discuss in the, <laughs> In the podcast. Yes. And it, and all of our previous episodes can be yours for one slim dollar. Yes. So until next time, when we reach a final deadlock, I'm Rob. Wait, so is this going to have drift in it? I'm Jen. <laughs> and I'm David. No, I, I think drift, drift is what our conversation did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was there was less I want more in this IDW episode. drift. All right, so I'll cut that off.